This is In-Ear Insights, the Trust Insights Podcast. In this week's In-Ear Insights, a bit of a different topic, but one that's important to us because obviously, you know, we as well as many other companies do have uh, ethics and values that we uh, say we stand for. Uh, In the last month or so, a lot of information has come out uh, about the business practices uh, at Facebook, the Wall Street Journal with uh, the Facebook files, uh, various whistleblowers and things coming out. And the short version is that internally, Facebook as an organization knew that it was doing a tremendous amount of harm to the world, undermining elections, um, deeply damaging uh, women's self-esteem, all these things that we have known anecdotally or known qualitatively, but now having uh, essentially evidence dug up by investigative journalists and stuff uh, of internal documents saying, hey, we know this problem. Hey, there's these you know, groups on Facebook are being used for, for human trafficking or, or illegal exchange, all these crazy things. And so, Katie, without getting into the individual details of what all these allegations are, my question to you is this. As people and as companies who say that we have these values, what of these values are? They are out of alignment with what Facebook is doing. So what obligations do we have to uphold our values by saying we're not going to do business with Facebook while balancing the fact that an awful lot of clients see it as a necessary evil to get marketing results? How do you balance that? And then how do you get people realigning realigning their values with their business results? Well, you know, it's I saw... I saw little snippets of uh, what came out from 60 Minutes last night. And one of them was that Facebook knew if they changed the algorithm uh, to show, you know, less of the fake information, then people would spend less time on Facebook and therefore they would, you know, engage with less ads, make less money. So Facebook knowingly said, we care more about money than we care about actual people. So that's problem number one. Um, And that's sort of the crux of the conversation. As a business, you know, I think that, you know, in a idealistic world, we would all just walk away from Facebook and shun them and say, no, we can't do business with you. That's the ideal situation. That, however, is not a reality because there's a lot of shops that are reliant on the revenue from running Facebook ads or running organic social on Facebook or whatever it is they're doing with Facebook. And unless they, you know, have an airtight backup plan to replace that revenue, it's not going to happen overnight. And I think that that's going to be the challenge. There's going to be for businesses. I think we all want to do the right thing, but then when we look at the financial hit, some of us, may not be able to do that right away. And so the obligation then as the business is to come up with a plan to take steps to start moving away from working with uh, software platforms such as Facebook. And so if you say, okay, I can't replace the revenue today, how long would it take me to replace that revenue? And what could I replace it with? And so that would be the ideal scenario to say, okay, I'm comfortable walking away because I know what I can do instead. I think that that hard and fast cutoff 
is going to be really difficult for a lot of companies. The other side of it is that there's a lot of people who, and I'm talking sort of general public, who either aren't aware that this whole whistleblower thing is happening or they don't care. So they're just going to keep using Facebook because they like playing, you know, Fruit Ninja or whatever it is. And they can only get that through a service like Facebook, or they really like the features of Facebook messaging and Facebook phone calls. And so Facebook has ingrained itself into our cultures enough so that the general population's like, yeah, I know that maybe they're evil, but I'm not going to walk away because I really like being able to, you know, post pictures of my cat and talk to my family. So I think there's a couple of things, you know, companies need to be able to figure out how they can replace that revenue. And the general population needs to also make the decision to walk away because if people still keep using it, then there'll still be a need for it. So it's, it's not an easy situation. It's not an easy, like we all wake up today, find out that Facebook is evil and we all shun them. Like there are a massive, massive global enterprise company, like the biggest social media company. So how, like, how do you walk away from that? Well, and therein lies the problem for a lot of folks is that for some folks, Facebook is the only uh, way they connect with certain groups of people. You know, uh, the the analogy or the, the example I've seen cited a lot is, you know, this is how I stay in touch with, you know, my old high school friends and, and stuff like that. I, I would posit that if Facebook is the only way you stay in touch with those people, they weren't that important to you to begin with. Otherwise, you would have stayed in touch with them other ways. But that's, you know, a, a different thing the the network effect is really strong and that and you know and any number of social networks have come along and tried to replace facebook try to be a, a facebook killer none have succeeded because of the power of that network um like this is where all the people are these are the people you've already established connections with and so that inertia that laziness uh if you will or that at least unwillingness to make change is is what keeps facebook in business because the switching cost is too high from a values perspective, if you look at Facebook's values as a company, they are in line with what they do, right? It says, you know, be bold, focus on impact, move fast, be open, build social value. Nowhere does it say be ethical, be, you know, morally correct, make people happier, make the world a better place. That's not in there. And so what they're doing is technically what they say they're doing, you know, from a utilitarian ethics perspective. They are ethical. They are doing exactly what they said. Um, it's kind of like, you know, the the old fairy tale, the genies and the lamps, you know, be careful what you wish for because you will get it um, exactly the way you asked for, even if it has substantial unintended consequences. From a change management perspective, then, if we know this is a bad thing and we know we have to you know, build this pathway this exit ramp from it how do we do that as as companies what's the what's the process to to start our exit plan well you have to start with the people um because the, the people are the ones who are going to actually execute any kind of a plan and so you know i think where efforts like this go wrong is mandates um you know and sometimes mandates are necessary in terms of like you're going to do what I say, you know, I don't care if you have questions about it. This may be one of those situations where, you know, the CEO or whoever mandates, okay, we can't use Facebook anymore. It does not align with who we are as a company. I don't care if you disagree, this is the direction we're moving in. So maybe it's a mandate or maybe it's a conversation with the teams who work with the Facebook platform to say, 
if we were to remove Facebook from your arsenal of tools, what does that mean to you? So that you can get a better understanding of just how deeply ingrained Facebook is. And so, you know, maybe they're a company like us and we don't do a lot with Facebook. You know, we might post our videos or we might run our live stream through Facebook, but it's not the only platform that we do that through. So for us, removing ourselves from Facebook is not going to be that big of a deal. We might lose a couple of followers, but can we live with that? Yeah, probably. Um, Facebook isn't really where people watch our live stream anyway. So could we remove that channel? Yeah, absolutely. We can do all of those things and we won't be terribly impacted by that. Now, companies like uh, our good friends at at B Squared Media, who a lot of their services are running social ads, most of their clients are asking for Facebook ads because it's they are B2C, so uh, business to consumer companies. And so selling things like jewelry, selling th- advertising, you know, property that's for rent, those kinds of things. A lot of people go to Facebook to get that information. Facebook has basically positioned itself as your one-stop shop for news, for information, for, um, you know, for buying things, for learning what's happening, for, you know, getting the latest and greatest, you know, pretty much everything and connecting with people. So to get, to start the change management process, first, you need to understand for your own company, how deep the roots are with Facebook, how much of an impact that's going to be before you just start saying we can't do this anymore because there may be unintended consequences of that and a ripple effect of like, okay, if we move ourselves from Facebook, we're also actually removing ourselves from Instagram. We're also actually removing ourselves from WhatsApp or whatever the other, you know, few services that Facebook actually owns. So that has those consequences. And so I would say to start that change management process, you first need to understand the magnitude of the issue for your company. It's not enough to just say, we're not going to do this anymore. And so putting on your hat as a marketer, how do you, what does that plan look like to replace Facebook from a a services perspective? If you are a company that is trying to market, uh, if you are an agency that markets on behalf of clients, uh, what do we replace Facebook with given that it does have so many people on it? It may not be one thing. It may be, you know, a suite of things. And so the first thing, you know, tactically you need to understand is who is your audience? Who are you marketing to on Facebook? Who are those people? What are their interests? And where else do they hang out? Are they only ever on Facebook? So is it something where, you know, you can start the process of asking people, hey, we're going to be moving away from Facebook. If you're comfortable, please give us your email address and sign up for our newsletter instead. You can get the same kind of content, whatever the thing is. Um, If it's, you know, if you're a B2B company and you're on Facebook, odds are you may be able to find the same types of people on Twitter or LinkedIn, you know, and so really just understanding who your audience is on Facebook is number one. And then number two is figuring out how else can I reach the same group? And so it may be, you know, letting people know actively, hey, we're moving away from Facebook. Here's where you can find us instead. Um, And, you know, it really depends because there are a lot of other social media platforms out there. Chris, this is something that you uh, 
do reporting on, uh, at least annually, in terms of what's going on with social media platforms. And the list continues to grow. And I think that it would be an opportunity for companies to get creative with how they're reaching people. So if you know you rely on Facebook videos, maybe YouTube or another video streaming platform would be a, a way to reach people. So I would say definitely figure out who's on there, who you're reaching, and then it may not be replacing it with one tool. It may be a suite of tools. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, TikTok obviously is, is you know, having just crossed a billion users, uh, monthly users is certainly one of the candidates on the video side. Uh, so much so that um, uh, the head of Instagram development has basically said, we're going to, we're pivoting to try and make Instagram more like TikTok because it's eating our lunch. Um, so there, there is that. I also think there's an opportunity for folks to look at you know, running their own communities, you know, setting up a Discord server for you and your friends that you want to stay in touch with, uh, being able to to have a place where where people can go or a Slack community, like you know uh, the Slack community we run, Analytics for Marketers. Uh, we have about two thousand people in there that we, and some of them we don't have any other way of reaching other than like maybe email. Um, <clears throat> so we don't need a, a yet another third party service to get at those folks. What? will be challenging, I think, will be, like you said, for those companies where there's a lot of revenue online. But the other thing that I think might be helpful there is that we know, thanks to uh, increasingly strict privacy regulations and stuff, the Facebook ads themselves are performing you know, less and less well over time to the point where it will be not only an ethical decision, but a financial decision as well to say, like, look, we're flinging a lot of money at this, these ads and, and we're not getting the results that we used to. Maybe we need to run TikTok ads instead or try out more in-app advertising directly in the apps that we know our, our customers want. Knowing your audience really is the, the most important thing there because if you survey your existing audience and say like 80% of them say, oh yeah, we all play the video game Top War. Okay, let's run ads <laughs> in Top War. Let's go to a, an ad exchange, um, run ads in that game and see if we can pick up new folks who are similar in interest. It's just that the marketers would have to be willing to do that level of research. And I think that that is really where, you know, uh, the change management will fail or succeed is the willingness to make the change. You know, we've all gotten used to, you know, Facebook business manager and, you know, the ins and outs of running Facebook ads. And it's just sort of like, it's, it's fairly straightforward, like to their credit, their UI is not that complicated. And so it comes down to are marketers willing to learn something new to do that research, you know, it might be uh, the task of the CMO to determine like, here are the five platforms that we're going to test out. For companies that are running ads, it is going to be risky because if they've never run ads on other platforms before, they don't know the kind of performance that they can expect to get. And therefore, how do they pass that along to their clientele to say, this is what you're going to get instead of Facebook? Um, because I guarantee there's going to be plenty of companies out there who are like, well, we'll still run ads on Facebook. If nobody else will, we will, and we'll take the money. There's going to be plenty of companies out there like that. So there's definitely going to be that moral and ethical decision that you as a company need to make of, are you okay losing that business to somebody else because Facebook doesn't align? But then also, are you okay experimenting and testing with these other platforms that may be unknown to you that you may lose a little bit of money? And so it's going to be a real R&D project where 
you're investing and those are sunk costs that you may not get back because it may take a while to find the right kinds of things. I would actually say right now, um, given what's going on with Facebook, it's a huge opportunity for all of these other platforms to really be promoting themselves. Like, hey, look what we can do. These are the kinds of results that we get. These are the kinds of audiences that we attract. Here's what you can do that's a one-to-one with Facebook. Like, if you are some, if you are a company that offers some kind of an advertising platform, if you're not out there today, you're missing an opportunity because people are going to be looking today. Exactly. And one of the things that we do know, um, particularly for the generation of folks who are under 30, when we look at how they allocate investments, when we look at funds that do well, um, ESG funds do very well, environmental, social and governance funds. And these are uh, investments where uh, there's an ethical uh, purpose of some kind at the heart of them. And people are saying, I want to invest in companies that align with what, what the way I want the world to be. I want to invest in companies that have a lower carbon footprint. I want to invest in companies that um, are open and transparent in their reporting and, and are, are governed well. And I think that to your point, if a company can say, here's what we're doing, here's why we're doing it. We need your help, customers and friends. Um, we need your help to, to, to reach out to, to others in the community and, and you know, who are like you that would like to work with us so that we can divorce ourselves from Facebook so that we don't have to give them any money because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Facebook itself will not change. The reason it won't change is because the CEO is still the majority shareholder and the chairman of the board. So the board can't even evict management. Normally, in a situation where you have a, 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 a non-functional company, the board of directors swoops in and just cleans house and says, okay, we're firing everybody in the C-suite. That cannot happen at Facebook. There is no way for that to happen because the CEO is the majority shareholder. Um, so you know Facebook won't change. So the, the, the onus of change is on us, but they're... I think you're right, Katie, not only for the ad companies themselves to do that reach, but for companies, regular companies to say, hey, we want to leave Facebook. We need your help marketing to your friends because otherwise we would normally use Facebook to do that. Um, help us understand where else you spend your time. If you like what we do, please recommend us to your friends through any channel except Facebook <laughs> and, and and see what kind of results you get that way. I feel like this, you know, Companies are going to want to do right, but I can see where trying to make this kind of change is going to feel very isolating. Um, and I say that in the sense of like, so let's say we were a company that ran ads. You know, Chris, obviously you and I would be having this conversation and saying, you know what, we don't feel comfortable running ads on Facebook anymore. And so, you know, we start to make that switch but nobody else is making that switch because there's so much money tied up in it. We can, I can see where from a psychological standpoint, we would be feeling like, well, why are, the, why are we the only ones who are making this change? Why is everybody else still comfortable? Should we still be comfortable with it? And you start to, you know, second guess your decisions if even though you know what you're doing is right, nobody else is following suit. You're like, well, wait a minute, am I doing the right thing or am I just getting up on my soapbox for no reason and I should still be running ads on Facebook? Now, obviously, it's you know more complicated than that, but I can see where you know, even smaller companies, they're going to struggle to balance that doing what's right versus you know what's financially sound. 
to your point, Chris, Facebook's not going to change. They're not going to go away. So they're still going to continue to offer the opportunity to run ads through their platform. And that's going to be really hard for companies to walk away from. Um, and it is, it's purely financial. It's not because they know, they don't know what Facebook is or what they stand for. It's a money thing. One of the interesting antidotes to that or potential antidotes to that though, is if you have a channel, a, a method of communication besides Facebook um, to talk to your customers, asking them how your decisions change, how they feel about your brand. Right. And if you can point to evidence that, behaving ethically and demonstrating ethically, putting your money where your mouth is, improves customer retention um, mm -hmm. or improves word of mouth marketing. Then when you do have those, those doubts, you can say, well, I have evidence here that says that um, our customers, the people who pay our bills, uh, like what we're doing. And again, that falls the, on, on marketing to do that research and to say, hey, if we, um, you know, how do you feel about us you know, no longer supporting Facebook as a company? If all the customers say, we don't care, then it's not going to be as, as, as big of an impact. And then you have only your ethics to go on. But I would I'd like to think that at least for some companies, that alone is enough for them to make a decision. And a lot of companies, it's not. You know, the, the reality is money makes literally everything function in, in the business world. Um, mm -hmm. And so if you are are intentionally taking less profits, there there are downstream consequences for that. But at least from an executive's perspective, you'll probably sleep better. Yeah. And it's it is. It's a tricky balance because doing what's what is it? Doing what's right is not always what's easy. And mm -hmm. so it's, you know, finding that balance. Um you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of days, weeks, months. My gut is saying that not a lot is going to change, unfortunately, uh, because Facebook is such a huge, you know, massive global company that unless, you know, some other entity can step in and govern them and change leadership, you're absolutely right, Chris, it's, it's not going to change. They can't remove the majority shareholders who are making these, who are willingly making these decisions and the more we learn about the actions and behaviors and decision making of these individuals the quite honestly the more gross it is um but you know they're the ones who are complete power so it's not going to change and it's really frustrating um as you know people who want to do the right thing but what i will say chris is that i feel comfortable you know putting the stake in the ground to say you know what we don't need to put our live stream on Facebook anymore, or we don't need to push out content on Facebook anymore to try to get people to engage with us. You know, we moved our community group off of Facebook a while ago, and we can shut that down completely. Like, I feel comfortable, at least for Trust Insights, starting to take the steps to move away from Facebook altogether. It's when we look at our data, when we look at our attribution modeling, Facebook really doesn't do a whole lot for us anyway. So for us, at least, it's not a big loss. And so for us, it's more about the principle of it versus, you know, Facebook will never notice that we're missing. Facebook will never feel like, oh, Trust Insights isn't with us anymore. But we will know that we are upholding our own values by not engaging with a platform like Facebook. So I think that, you know, right here, right now in this podcast, I am making a decision as the CEO, 
we are going to start taking those steps to move away from Facebook completely. And here's one thing that pretty much anyone can do that will have varying consequences. So don't just, don't just do it because do change management properly. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, don't, don't just do things. Don't just do things. But one thing that you could do, and especially if it's something that you have decision-making authority over is remove tracking pixels from any properties you control because Facebook relies on two things. It relies on, on the people on the network, right? That that mm -hmm. that uh, switching cost. But it also is more reliant than ever on any data it can grab because so much is getting blocked in things like I Apple's iOS operating system. If you remove tracking pixels from your properties, you are effectively blinding Facebook from being able to understand your audience better. Um, so if you, again, do change your management properly. Don't just arbitrarily go and start deleting things. Um, but if you know that it's not, you know, Facebook is not a big deal. Pull those tracking pixels off. It'll do a few things. One, it blinds Facebook, which makes it harder for the company to do business. And two, it speeds up your website because the fewer, the less stuff that you have, even when you're running in a great service like Google Tag Manager, the less stuff you have loading, the faster your website gets. So give those some, some consideration as well. All right. Well, Chris, I think we have some work to do. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it really comes down to, as a company, what you are the most comfortable with. So if someone questions your decision to stay on Facebook, given everything that's come out, then you should probably be ready with a response. Um, you know, because you do, as a company, you do have to justify your actions. You can't just say, because I said so, because I feel like it. In the business world, that doesn't fly. You're not mom and dad. You, you know, people will question you and they will expect you to have answers. And so for us, um, you know, my response to that is I think the uh, way in which Facebook is operating is super shady, it's unethical, and it's not the type of platform that we want to be associated with. That's why we started our own thing so that we could more easily make those decisions um to to walk away from things that don't make us comfortable exactly you know we you know, we would not be comfortable um doing business with a company that you know is more harm than good right mm -hmm. it does not make the world a better place it's you know, one of the things that that is in our core values is we want to leave things better than we found it and this is clearly a platform that does not do that so uh we will go off into that if you would like to have a chat with us uh just a chat um pop on over to our analytics for marketers Slack group. Uh, go to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers. I'd be curious if folks would be interested in having a discussion about the tactical steps you would need to make to assess whether you are ready to leave Facebook or not, right? From an analytics perspective. I think that'd be an interesting, you know, almost like a, a Facebook uh, migration <laughs> service uh, to, to evacuate, to, to, to pull the whipcord. But of course, if you have any other questions or comments about this or, uh, about this episode or anything we've talked about, head on over to the Slack group again. That's trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers. And wherever it is that you watch or listen to the show, if there's a platform you prefer to have it on except Facebook, uh, go to trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. Need help making your marketing platforms, processes, and people work smarter? Visit trustinsights.ai today and learn how we can help you deliver more impact.